It said a new year brings a new start, and that's in fact what we're trying to do here on Licensed to Parent. We're wiping the slate clean, and assuming you've never heard us before, this is the time when we pull out all the questions all the parents are asking us all the time about how to raise their teens. I'm Rich Rosel, our host is Trace Embry, and this is Licensed to Parent. Welcome to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential therapeutic program working with teens in crisis and, as we mentioned last week, with their families as well. Uh, I want to tell you that our goal here is to take what we learn inside the gates of Shepherds Hill and export it, send it out to you so that you as a parent listening can be more proactive in the way you raise your teens and hopefully avoid the need for a residential program for teens in crisis sometime down the road. Uh, Trace, we started last week's program as we're getting into the new year here by answering some questions. These are some of the top questions that we have gotten both at our parents' weekends here at Shepherd's Hill, but in other events where you've been out speaking. And as one might guess, we barely scratched the surface. Mm-hmm. We are going to try to scratch a little deeper this time, <laughs> okay. see if we can answer some All more right. questions. And we'll be doing this throughout the month of January, just covering some of these questions somewhat in brief. And uh, perhaps later in the year, we'll be able to dig a little deeper on some of the deeper, tougher issues. But uh, if you if you didn't hear last week's program and would like to start with the first one, you can visit the program archives at licensedtoparent.org. And here starts program number two. Uh, and the next question. Parents are often told by professionals, and I'll put quotes around that because professionals come from all different professions, that their child's problems are by and large related to his or her self-esteem. Now, we hear this all the time at Shepherd's Hill. What's your take on that? How how valid is that assessment? Well, I think we have to ask ourselves, Rich, is how does the the concept of self-esteem uh, line up with uh, scriptural precedent that says that we're to die to self and uh, you know, love our neighbor as ourself? Um, the Bible talks about sober judgment, uh, meaning uh, that we're to look at ourselves as we really are. I can tell you from the way I see things, I don't want a juvenile delinquent feeling good about being a juvenile delinquent. Right. I think that his self-esteem needs to improve uh, to the degree that his character improves uh, so that when he looks at himself with sober judgment, uh, there's an accurate assessment of who he really is. I think there's a time for someone to feel bad about themselves. I think there's a, a place for shame. Uh, that's another thing that, that pop psychologists out there today uh, don't want to deal with too much. Uh, shame uh, is, is something that they think is shameful. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, But self-esteem, up until recently, was pretty much uh, the, the go-to term in pop psychology. But now even the secular psychologists are realizing, hey, this thing didn't work. This yeah. is not panning out. And uh, so they're starting to, to shy away from it a little bit too. And so I think parents need to kind of come back to reality. Uh, Junior's uh, situation is not all related to his self-esteem. Right. And uh, I think the sooner that we look at things as they are, think the truth about our kids, not always the best about our kids, but the truth. Mm-hmm. Accurate assessment, sober judgment, as, as Scripture says, uh, I think we'll be a lot better off and then we can uh, proceed uh, accordingly in our parenting. But as, as important as it is for our kids to recognize their faults, to recognize that guilt needs to be assigned and taken on when mm-hmm. it's appropriate— 
Isn't it also on the flip side a good thing, though, for our kids to feel good about what they're doing, to feel good about themselves, to see their value in Christ? Absolutely. And that's why it's really important for us to catch our kids doing things right and encourage them when they're, when they're doing things right. It's so easy, Rich, to, to be a nitpicker and a legalist you know, with our kids and, and not exercise grace in the right uh, context and situations. Uh, but again, grace is another issue that kind of gets uh, abused today. Mm-hmm. Grace has become license where we just say, oh, you know, God will forgive me. I can just continue on uh, doing this when eh, there's a little bit of a balance here that we've kind of gotten away from. But we we have a, a make my kid feel good mentality. Yeah. Uh, even when my kid has nothing to, uh, or very little to feel good about. But even when he has little to feel good about, uh, there's always something that we can encourage him in. You know what I mean? And so we need to be, as parents, uh, we don't want to exasperate our kids, is what Scripture says. Uh, Cause them to stumble by always picking them apart. There's always something we can find to encourage in our kids, that our kids are doing right, that they're better than most others in. Find those things, work on those things. But that doesn't mean that we dismiss their shortcomings. Right. You know, instead of junior, you struck out. What a terrible swing! How about you can do better next time? I, I, I know you got it in you, buddy. You know, or whatever yeah. the case may be. So you can you can point out his flaws in an encouraging way at the same time. You get me? Yeah. So. This reminds me of the old song from years ago. You've got to accentuate the positive and eliminate the negative. <laughs> you want to be promoting that which is good. You want to be discouraging through dealing with discipline, That's whatnot, exactly the things right. that are bad, but find that balance. Exactly. Okay, well, along the lines of balance, our next question kind of fits into that. Uh, how do I know when I'm sheltering my child too much or not sheltering mm-hmm. my child enough? Well, again, you know, most of life and Scripture is about balance, isn't it? Uh, parenting is about balance. Um, in today's world, we've never lived in a day uh, like we live in today, Rich, with uh, digital technology surrounding our kids and uh, brainwashing them with uh, you know the, the zeitgeist, the spirit of the age. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm not so sure that we can shelter our kids uh, too much uh uh, generally speaking, I suppose we, we probably can, but I think we, if we, if we think of it in terms of shielding them uh, rather than sheltering them. Although I'm, I'm going to stand by shelter sometimes. I don't think that's that should be the uh, terrible term that a lot of people uh, think about uh, when they when they use the term. Uh, there's a lot of things out there that our kids need to be sheltered from. Is our first obligation to our kids is to protect them, isn't that? I mean, mm-hmm. why is that such a bad thing to protect our kids? all while preparing them for what is out there. Uh, you, want, you want them to uh, be exposed to some things that are out there while you're there to be able to mitigate it and, and talk yeah. about it and, and uh, use those teachable moments to discuss uh, the pros and cons. Uh, but just to let them carte blanche, go out there and, and just because Johnny next door has is, is, is got this or does this or allowed to go here or there, shouldn't there be a distinction between us as Christian parents, when put up against what most parents are doing today, yeah, uh, because so many kids are involved in so much hocus pocus that they've acquired appetites, habits, and addictions for these things. Hmm. That uh, uh, you know, I, I mentioned on a, on a program a while back. This is why ISIS hates us yeah. because of all the things that we're doing here in our in our American culture, and our kids are exposed to these things, even in the commercials that they're they're watching. You know, why should my three or four-year-old daughter or son 
have to understand some of the things that are being discussed in some of these commercials. I, I'm forced to, to discuss these things uh, before they really need to be discussed with these kids. Yeah. Um, or you're forced not to let them watch television. Right, or, or, or be very discretionary yeah. with how we yeah. use TiVo. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah that's, that's very true. Let me toss out something that I think plays into this conversation very nicely. Talking about teaching discernment, talking about teaching how to do things right as opposed to do them wrong, we don't talk about money very often on this program. But one of the things that most of us as parents fail to do is to teach our kids how to manage money in a God-honoring, biblical way. Yeah. Or acquire it in a God-honoring, well, biblical way. both of these are true, but, but the example that comes with teaching while they're at home— Give your child open open up a bank account for your child if you haven't done all done so already. Mm-hmm. Also, get a credit card for your teenager mm-hmm. and teach your teenager about the use of it, about you pay it off in full every month. Right. And you're watching when the bill comes in and you're watching what happens and you're helping that child learn how to manage money. Sure. Both the bank account, keeping it, you know, balanced and whatnot, and uh, learning how credit works, and uh, here's the problem. Our families so often become enslaved. The Bible says that the borrower will be slave to the lender, and we are enslaving our kids by sending them out into the world not prepared in this way. Yeah. So this is, I, I merely use that as an example of one of the things we need to be teaching. Sure. We have to teach discernment. Let's see if we can get to at least one more question before the break. What do you mean when you say that parents should parent to the spiritual side of their kids. Mm. What is the spiritual side of their kids that we're parenting to? <laughs> well, not to over-spiritualize this too much, but I think parents make the mistake, uh, they forget. There's a spiritual component, uh, subconscious, if you will, but, but a spiritual component to our kids that is wired in the image of God. And uh, when you look at Romans 7, it's a classic example where Paul says, you know, for what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. So there's a battle between his spirit and his carnal nature, and he calls his carnal nature the evil. But God has wired into all of us uh, his image. And um, when, when we talk about parenting to the spiritual side of our kids, you know, they have needs, they have wants. And usually the carnal side of the kid is the, the want side. Sure. And uh, the spiritual side of the kid is the need side. Well, kids need love. They need security. They need uh, identity. And, and they darn sure need boundaries. And yet their flesh is going to push against that, just like Paul wrote in seven nineteen Romans 7, 19. But we have to be mature enough and discerning enough and wise enough as parents to say, regardless of how you or I feel about this situation, this is how this has to go. Mm-hmm. Because uh, this is what's going to speak to and nurture and, and uh, uh, well up the, the deeper part of who you are as a human being, the part that you want controlling your life. And that's the spiritual side of who you are. And uh, discipline is a part of that. Yeah, and you've often said that discipline is a very spiritual very, practice. Yeah, because you're you're doing something that is counterintuitive to your flesh. Yeah, you know, and it's counterintuitive to your flesh because uh, the flesh was tainted in the fall. You know, back in the Garden of Eden. Yeah. You know, we're all born kind of like crack babies, where we have this this propensity to do what the spirit in us does not want done. 
Yeah. And we, it's kind of like, remember that old um, Jim Carrey movie, The Mask? And he's bouncing off the walls. He's like, somebody stop me. Remember that? Yes. Well, that's, yes. that's kind of how our kids are. They, they don't know how to articulate that, but deep inside, they're wanting someone older, wiser, bigger, stronger, more determined to do right than they are to do wrong. Yeah. Because again, that's where a sense of security comes from. And uh, you've heard me say this many times on this program. Uh, parents understand it when I say it this way. I bring up traffic lights. Nobody wants to be stopped at traffic lights. But if adults had to vote them in or vote them out, I, I've never talked to an adult that would vote out traffic lights. Right. Because of the security that it brings them through every intersection they, they would travel on between here and New York City. Security. It's all about security for our kids. And as parents, we are that security. I guess the, the the wrestling match that goes on with us as parents with discipline being a spiritual issue and we therefore being in conflict with it in our own minds so much, that's probably why we have such a hard time being consistent with it. But mm-hmm. why, why do you think consistency in discipline is of paramount importance? Well, I think it goes back to security again. First of all, if you've, if you've got a strong will child and you're consistent five times— and the sixth one, you're just too tired to battle yeah. it, then you've effectively trained your, your child all right. You've effectively trained them that if they can endure five of your disciplines or you know, you're standing your ground, then by the sixth one, they got you. You've, tra- you've trained them to do that. And what people don't understand is there are some kids that are so strong-willed mm-hmm. that they might endure 30 disciplines before they finally give in. We have got to recognize which of our kids are strong-willed and then be determined ourselves to out-determine them. Uh, Kids don't want a a weak parent. Even the strong-willed kids don't. Um, Now, their flesh might, but again, the flesh isn't the sum total of who they are. There's a deeper part of who they are that speaks to their, their inner self saying, Mom and Dad, they don't love me enough to to make me do this or that or the other. Well, this begs the question of grace, though, as in where does grace fit into this? Mm -hmm. I want us to take a break now. we got to do that. But when we come back, let's talk about how you can discipline consistently and yet still be able to extend a measure of grace at the appropriate times. You're listening to Licensed to Parent. I'm Rich Rosal. Our host, as always, is Trace Embry, the founder and director of Shepherd's Hill Academy. Licensed to Parent is the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill. You can find us online at licensedtoparent.org. Back with more in a moment. Being a teen in today's culture is tough. Being a parent of a troubled teen can be even tougher. If you feel like pulling your hair out, or worse, your family may be in crisis. (gasps) Sometimes we make light of our family situations to help us deal with them, but that really doesn't fix the underlying problems. Shepherd's Hill Academy is here to help find the root of the problem, as well as healing and hope. But if residential care is not a fit for you, Shepherd's Hill Family Coaching can provide you with decades of experience from the front lines to help you overcome the challenges your family is facing. And best of all, we meet with you where you are with simple phone calls. Family Coaching is a dynamic partnership that helps you discern God's will and reach goals for your family that are biblical. Basically, live the life your family was designed for, and that's no joke. Learn more at helpmytroubledteen.org forward slash coaching. I'm Joe Dallas. So many men and women go into parenting blindly without training, 
without education, without proper mentoring. More than ever today, there is a critical need for voices that are explaining to potential parents what it takes to raise a child and to existing parents what it takes to raise that child properly. Licensed to parent is part of the solution to the problem of a lack of proper parenting. And I'm very proud to be associated with that solution. With the generous gifts from people just like you, we're able to provide parents with practical insights to navigate the challenges families face in today's culture, as well as helping troubled teens in our year-long residential program. To learn more and to donate, visit LicensedToParent.org. Welcome back. We are continuing our conversation with our host, Trace Embry. I'm Rich Rosal, and we're talking about, well, some of the top questions that parents ask us here at Shepherd's Hill Academy about how to raise their children effectively. And these are uh, parents who are often dealing with troubled teens. And so we're trying to bring some of these questions and, more importantly, their answers to you. And, uh, Trace, right before the break, uh, we were talking about discipline and why consistency in discipline is so important. And you said if you were to discipline your child in the same way consistently five or six times, but then because you were too tired or some extenuating circumstance came up, the next time you didn't do it, mm-hmm. then you have effectively taught your child that uh, they may or may not be able to get away with this, that right. you know uh, the discipline is not going to be consistent. But if they know they're against a brick wall in you, yeah. and that brick wall is, is a just brick wall, that, that'll speak volumes to them. It will. But wherein do we find grace in all this? Because as a parent, there are times, I mean, God has been so graceful to me so mm-hmm. many times, yeah. extended grace and forgiveness. And some would say allowed me to get away with whatever. Yeah. I mean, he's done that with all of us. We want to extend grace to our kids whenever possible. But how do we do that? As opposed to always having to lay the hammer down every mm-hmm. single time so as to be consistent. How do we find that balance and how do we do it so that it works? Well, f- f- grace, this is why it's so important to be intimately related to God and Christ. Because grace is something, that is, I believe it's a supernatural thing. And I think it needs to be inspired in us to know when grace is to be exercised. Because grace can easily become license. Uh, or permissiveness. And uh, so it's really important that we have that intimate relationship with God to know when this is to be exercised. Because I think there's, there's there are times when our, our relationship with our kids, our kids get so fouled up in whatever they're doing. They've, they've just got things so messed up that there's not a, enough consequences in the world to, to uh, you know, you're grounded for the rest of your life, you know, or you're grounded for the summer. And there comes a time when it may be the wisest thing and maybe even the most effective thing to say, do you realize you deserve this and that and the other? Son, I love you. Daughter, I love you. Slate's clean. I just, and I'm doing this just for you to get a taste of what Christ did for us. And that's a great opportunity for kids to own their mm-hmm. own situation. It become their idea then to do the right thing. And I think sometimes... Uh, that is more uh, traumatic on them in a good way than than a spanking sometimes. And so uh, that requires a lot of discernment on our part is what yeah. I'm trying to say. But I think we, too often parents look at grace as, as if it's something that is required of the parent to the child. And I think when you look at scripture, uh, 
Discipline is a tremendous grace. It's right. it's loving your child unconditionally in the midst of appropriate consequences for a particular act. Well, what I like about what you just said is that it echoes, I think, so much the message that we are hopefully trying to instill in our kids about the gift of total forgiveness and salvation that God gave us through Christ's death. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're told that it's a, a gift of God, not of works. In other words, our gift of salvation was nothing that we could earn lest right. any man should boast. Mm-hmm. So this thing about I'm giving you this and, you know, just as Christ says, I'm laying down my life for you. I'm giving you that gift. Now it's up to you to decide what you're going to do about that. Yeah. Are you accepting this gift? And if so, how are you moving forward? Yeah. And or are I, you rejecting it? So I can tell you, you know, I've I've been known as a firm disciplinarian in my in my family. And I remember there was a uh, an incident where my son was was caught doing something that it, it wasn't very good. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll just say that. And I just looked at him and I said, "Don't ever do that again. You know better than that. I love you." And I, I walked away. He was expecting the boom to come down on him. That was probably more effective than any kind of severe discipline I could have put upon him at that particular yeah. time. But I can count uh, maybe on three fingers how many times I've done that in, in his growing up. Uh, grace, again, used too often, becomes license. It becomes a, a irresponsibility, I think. And I think when, when you look at some of these, uh, these folks uh, who make grace their calling card, so to speak, you see that very often it can, it can get them and the people that follow them in trouble. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's see if we can squeeze in another question or two before our time is up on today's program. Again, we're covering some of the top questions that parents ask and need the answers to. We're trying to give them to you as quickly as we can and uh, spending the entire month of January doing this. Uh, so there will be more programs. And if you missed last week's, you can find it in the archives uh, at licensedtoparent.org. Today's parents are not just concerned with building a relationship with their kids, but rebuilding relationships that may have been strained, especially some of the parents that have the troubled teens that come here, their relationships have been torn apart in many cases. How can parents rekindle relationships with their kids that have been strained? And I know you've mentioned three steps. Could you briefly go over those? We we covered these earlier in in a different context, but basically to rebuild a relationship, the parent has got to be willing to go through the three steps that really simplifying healing, they're fundamental to healing. Confession. You know, you have to admit that what you did or said was not the right thing. It was wrong. Uh, Repentance. Saying, son, daughter, I don't want to do that again. I don't want that to happen again. And forgiveness. They need to forgive. You need to forgive yourself. And you need to go on. You need to cut your losses short. I hear a lot about forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean reconciliation. Well, I think it should mean reconciliation. What it doesn't always mean is restoration. And there's a difference. There's a slight difference. You and I, Rich, will not be restored to paradise from paradise lost until we get to heaven. Mm -hmm. But we are reconciled to God because of what Jesus Christ, even in this life, because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us. God and sinners reconciled, that Christmas song, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't say God and sinners restored. If someone's babysitting my child and they molest my child while they're babysitting, 
I can be reconciled to that person by saying, we're just never going to let you babysit again. Now, uh, but you'll never be restored as a babysitter, ever, never. That doesn't mean I can't love you, uh, maybe even uh, have dinner with you sometime, but you will never be restored to your position as a babysitter. Mm-hmm. The stakes are way too high. But we can be reconciled if for no other way, but you go your way, I go my way, I'm not out to get you, you know? So we can be reconciled, but you are forgiven. I'm not trying to get one on you. And, yeah. I, and you're so, not going around bad mouthing the person or anything like that. Right. Uh, but your reputation. Yeah, that's not something that will never be restored. But we can be reconciled as human beings to, even if it's to agree to disagree. Well, let, let's stay on this question for just a minute because, um, again, dealing with some of the troubled teens that we have here, you and I both know that there are two sides to the equation, and that the parents do have some things they need to, you know, uh, confess and repent of and and be forgiven. Sure. Uh, but let's face it: the teen who's here at Shepherd's Hill has some confessing, repenting, and you know forgiveness that has to go on there as sure. well. We're talking to the parents, and the parents are trying to restore this relationship. If parents have a child who is not owning his or her responsibility in the falling apart, is it possible for them to rebuild this relationship? I mean, the parents can do all the confessing they want to of their part of it, right. but you've still got... Uh, right. You know, a, a big, big, ugly thing hanging on here that's not being... Scripture says, as far as it's concerned with you, be reconciled to everybody. Okay. And if the other party, and in this case, your you're, son or daughter, yeah. uh, chooses not to, then your greatest weapon is prayer and, and modeling the love of Christ before them. You can only do what you can do mm-hmm. uh, as far as... But being the more mature, the more experienced one, it's incumbent upon us to make that first move, I believe. Yeah. Well, I, I think no matter what part of the equation you're in for that one, what you just said is so important. You can only do what you can do, but the next sentence after it is, but you have to do what yeah, you can do. No doubt about that's it. What, that's what Christ calls us to do. He doesn't say, if you feel like it. Yeah. It's, no, this is what you got to do. Well, it goes back to that spirit flesh thing. There's so many things we need to do in life that we just don't feel like doing. You know, I said discipline is really indicative of the spiritual nature of mankind because when we discipline ourselves to go into the weight room or to the, you know, the treadmill or whatever, that's doing something our flesh does not want to do. You know, it's something that comes from somewhere out there that that says, I need to do this. I must do this. I should do this. Trace, I'm enjoying these programs. We're only two out of 403 programs (laughs) into this based on this list, but we're going to come back again next week. And dive into some more of these questions. These are some of the top questions that parents ask us at the Shepherd's Hill Parent Weekends when they're trying to learn better ways to raise better kids, I guess we could say. Sure. The program is Licensed to Parent. Our host is Trace Embry, the founder and director of Shepherd's Hill Academy, a year-long residential Christ-centered therapeutic program for teens in crisis and, by extension, their families as well. Licensed to Parent is the radio offshoot of that, and we do our best to export what we learn every day inside the gates, take it outside to help you be able to be the parent that God wants you to be. If you would like to uh, become a ministry partner of Licensed to Parent, we would welcome that. It costs a lot of money to run a year-long residential program here. It also costs money to produce this radio program and get it on stations. And uh, any donation you could make would be very helpful, whether it's a one-time gift, 
or perhaps you'd like to become one of our monthly ministry partners. Either way, you can give securely online and your donations will be tax-free when you give at licensetoparent.org. When you get to the site, just click the donate button in the upper corner of the page. And again, you can give securely there, licensetoparent.org. Again, for Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosel. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you'll be back for part three in our series next week here on Licensed to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless. See you next time.